Yeah, it's L.A. Lloyd here, and today is the 14th appearance from Hailstorm to co-host The Rock 30. Uh, Lizzie Hale doing something she doesn't do very often, and that's uh, have a day off from the road. So first of all, it's been a couple years, and, and great to see your face again. Great to see you, too. I love your classic brick wall. It's, a, it's you know, the, the, the rock and metal photo shoot. Yeah, class. I ran into um, Caleb in Vegas. He was like, I don't recognize you without your brick wall walking behind you. You know, it's like... <laughs> You need to carry one around, just like a backpack, you know, every selfie. Why is there always a brick wall? Right, um, right. No, it's good to see you, too. It's It's been a little bit, and there's been so much that has been going on, and um, we finally have an album out in the world, and as you know, and we've been touring, and it's been crazy touring, because I feel like we've been, like, playing the best that we've ever been. Maybe it's just because we're, you know, playing every single night, like it's going to be stolen from us again. Right. But, um, but it's it's been so fulfilling. Like everybody there that comes to the shows, it's like this elevated, beautiful war cry of survival. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, you were one of the first interviews we had when COVID started ramping up. It was uh, March of 2020. So, I mean, literally, we were just kind of about a month into it. Uh, when did you guys kind of feel like, not that it was normal, because I don't even know if it's back to normal yet, but when did you start feeling like it was uh, kind of normal again, you know, once you guys finally were able to do some shows? Because, you know, during this time, people were saying, not only are the ordinances different from state to state, it was like city to city trying to figure out what you could and what you couldn't do. I know, absolutely. I feel like it's only been in this last um, headlining tour that we did. Uh, we took out the warning in New Year's Day, and um, it was like the first real tour where everyone's like actually hanging together and you know, we're, we're going out and seeing people when we can. It's like, we're, you know, if we have like family or somebody visiting, you know, everyone's going to get tested. So it's like, there's a, that trickle down effect of like, just kind of slowly, but surely seeing how far we can, <laughs> we can take the norm normalcy. Right. It's beautiful to kind of feel a little bit of that. There's still, it's still just kind of a part of our brains now so i don't know if that's gonna go in anytime soon right so like i had a bit of a cough like we got off tour and you know what so for for those of you who don't know like we were on tour for four weeks we're about to go on tour in europe for seven weeks and after you get off any tour it's like your body is just high on adrenaline and then as soon as you like hit the bed that doesn't move that's in your house <laughs> like your body just goes ugh. right i don't anymore and i had like a bit of a like a cough and a sore throat the other day when we got home and i'm like oh no did i catch covid and like it wasn't no i just had like a 24-hour head cold yeah. <laughs> you know but i never used to that never used to be like the first thought so i like i took a test i'm like okay i'm negative good i don't have to like call down the line to everybody that i had met with <laughs> you know? we just had austin city limits music festival last week same thing happened to me it was like a lot of dust and they had put all this mulch down trying to you know i guess keep it dry or whatever, but it just created this dust cloud. Sure enough, Tuesday or Wednesday, same thing. I'm waking up with this scratchy throat going like, oh God, I caught COVID and went and took the test and it came back negative. But I mean, it is kind of weird that in this day and age, if you get a cold or sore throat or something immediately, you think it's COVID, right? Is it what it was? All my friends are like, is it allergies? <laughs> Is it a cold? Is it a hangover? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like just check things off the list. Right. But it, it is crazy. But the music has been great. And it's been such a reprise from the last couple of years. And as far as in, in my corner of the world, I mean, it's hard getting buses. We have buses booked through 2023 because wow. we don't want to be stuck without one. Um, luckily, somebody was thinking ahead. That was not me thinking ahead. <laughs> all of a sudden, I got a report. By the way, we have all this set. I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad somebody remembered, right. you know. 
Um, but then we were rolling through Texas on this last tour, and it was like there were 25 other rock bands yeah. in everywhere we went. So it's yeah. like it used to be how everybody kind of had gotten on their own little um, their own level, mm -hmm. you know, and their own route of touring. Um, and now everybody just decided to go out at the same time. It's like, okay, it's summer season. Let's go. And, um, it's just crazy. It's, it's nuts. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because the last time you and, and Shinedown played together in Austin, Cedar Park, if you will, north of Austin was 2016. So we're talking six years ago. So Brent and Zach and everyone and Eric and I, we were all talking and, you know, that night, it was a Sunday night in Austin. There were seven different shows that people had a choice to go through. I mean, it was everyone from Harry Styles to Weird Al to The Cult to Shine Down to Aaron Lewis. I mean, it just, <laughs> to Clutch. I mean, it was just, we had that shows going on that one night. So it's, you know, not competitive, but I mean, when you're going for the consumer dollars, it kind of is because everybody's back on the road again. Yeah. When you're trying to put butts in seats, man. Right. Um, you know, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's great though. It's like every show is awesome and, and every show is, is different. And one thing that I'm seeing just personally from our corner of the world too, is that it's, it kind of has been happening over the past like 10 years slowly, mm -hmm. but now it really is seven-year-olds to 70-year-olds. I mean, for heaven's sake, we just played uh, the Aftershock Festival and there was this little girl about seven and she was being held by her mother and then the grandmother was there and they all had matching like pink hair <laughs> and they were showing me pictures of the mother with the grandmother when she was seven coming to see us for the first time. Wow. And so they're, they're, that was the first Hailstorm show for this, for now the granddaughter who is now seven. So it was just like, oh, it just warmed my heart. There's three different generations that like enjoy our music and and it's just wonderful. People are bringing signs and um, they're throwing love notes and, and jackets and things on stage now. They're just like, if we don't get to see you here, you know? <laughs> it's just getting bombarded every night. It's awesome. Well, we are talking about Halloween this weekend, and uh, I, you know, I was just kind of curious. I know you spent a, a lot of time as a youth uh, on a farm, and a, as I did, which I didn't have a lot of neighbors nearby just to go knock on the doors for trick or treating. So, what was Halloween like for you and RJ growing up? Uh, you know, kind of being in that uh, that rural community, because for me, it was like mom and dad had to take me into the town closest by just so I could get some candy. You know, pretty much. We would we would start with the immediate neighbors, you know, <laughs> which they know us, so we would always get some pretty good candy. Leave me neighbors but then yeah we same thing we'd have to drive you know like a couple miles down the road to the nearest town where like you know we could actually fill up our uh, <laughs> our buckets or or in, back in the day it was um pillowcases <laughs> that was a smart way to go well uh you know i know that is uh, a couple of days before you are going to start that european tour so i mean will you already be over there um you know a day before like on halloween or you're flying on halloween or what's kind of the when you're preparing to go to a different country and do it like that well joe hottinger and i are going to be a little adventurous so we're flying um, <laughs> um a, a little early earlier than the way that the tour starts and uh we're gonna yeah try to check out the the Halloween scene it's it's interesting because it depends on the country because mm -hmm. um, I remember the last time that we were in Europe uh, for Halloween there are certain countries that that make it an event because it's but it really it's a it's an event that's here yeah in in, in the US so like I remember I think we were in Sweden and like nobody cared <laughs> no, nobody dressed dresses up just a normal day but then like in Germany and then Japan um, it is a like a whole week 
of just everybody dressing up. Um, I wow. remember the uh, last time that we did a full uh, a full world tour, we ended in Japan, and it happened to be Halloween week and fashion week, so mm. you couldn't tell whether like who's dressing up <laughs> as fashion and who's dressing up as uh, for Halloween, but it was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> all these different clubs and and everybody was dressed up. We were the only people that were just kind of like this, you know. In right. our <laughs> who are these like, normal are people over here? <laughs> you know, they start making stuff up, but um, but yeah, I I mean we're we're definitely gonna do something. Um, there's there's some amazing uh, rock and metal bars in um, in Germany, and so we're gonna see what kind of trouble we can get into. That's awesome. <laughs> well, for those that don't know, 2022 marks the 25th anniversary of the first show that you and your brother RJ did together, and you know I gotta think that's pretty emotional thinking about hitting that milestone. But you know, how does it feel uh, not only to know that you guys have done it 25 years, but you're doing it with your brother. I mean, you guys get to be together through all this uh, crazy trail of rock and roll and, and life that you get to do together. I was just going to say, speaking of scary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Green Air. <laughs> thing of all um, was not only the first show was terrifying, but um, but yeah, it's, it's almost uncanny that we're still doing this. And... Um, little bro and I have a lot of these conversations lately where it's like, can you believe it's been 25 years and we're still doing it together? Yeah. We don't know many bands that have done that, let alone many bands with siblings. Right. So, um, but he's always been my little buddy. You know, it's like he, as you know, you've, you've met, you've met RJ. He's, he's an alien from another planet, uh, heart of gold, but every now and then he drops like some super knowledge on you. Like yeah. I remember the first time we ever lost, uh, half our bands when we were teenagers, we were trying to find our bandmates this is before Joe and Josh. And we had just lost half our bandmates because uh, the guitar player and the bass player were buddies and had to kind of stick together. I don't know. We were teenagers. That's what they thought. They were like, <laughs> we're together. We're going to go and do like a cover band gig. I'm like, okay, we're still going to do this. And I remember like being just distraught about it. Be like, this is so hard to keep people. And like, are we nuts? Are we crazy for doing this? And my little bro without missing a beat, he's like, of course we're crazy for doing this. <laughs> But what else are we going to do? Like, right. what else are we going to do? And I'm like, all right, fine. We'll keep going, you know. And so, lo and behold, we haven't killed each other yet. And um, <laughs> still doing the same thing. It's still the same dynamic, too, strangely enough. Right. Um, I had a couple moments on this last tour where, you know, I had to give little bro the big sister eyes on stage. Not the bandmate eyes, like, hey, the next chorus is coming in. The, the big sister, like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, keep the beat. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, so it's it's fun. I, I think it's beautiful to having a sibling in your band because as unpredictable as RJ tries to be um, there are certain there is a certain language that we have growing up playing music together whereas we can be this like almost counterbalance of of chaos and then us coming together and it's it's that beautiful ebb and flow and then the wonderful thing about the other guys with Joe and Josh is that they're kind of the glue that holds our chaos together and then when we lock in they're the chaos and it's yeah. just a that's just how we roll, I guess. <laughs> it's hard for me to even believe it. It was 17 years ago I met you guys, and and you were yeah. babies then, and 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 you you still, like you said, the dynamic is is exactly the same today. I mean, obviously you've got more fans, and you've built your career and and done very well there. But uh, at the same time, it seems like 17 years for me has just been a blur just since the day I first met you guys. Oh my gosh, absolutely! And talk about like talking about getting older. Um, another scary thing for Halloween and. 
that we can all relate to is adulting when um, inside you're perpetually 15. Right. <laughs> Still. <laughs> All you want to do is, you know, like play loud and 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 party till 4 a.m. And now it's like, oh, my gosh, this pillow in my bunk made my neck go like this. And now it's like seven <laughs> days and I have a crick in my neck and I got to stretch it out before I go on stage now. And it's like <laughs> you come home and you're like, was that water stain always there on the ceiling or do we need to call somebody? Yeah, you know, it's right. like that kind of stuff. <laughs> I just turned 61 this year, and I mean, I'm like, oh, my God, I hit the big 6-0. I am like grandfather age. <laughs> no way. That's awesome. Well, you and I both come from great stock then because, I, you know, I would have never, ever imagined. I mean, obviously, I see the alerts on the socials and all that stuff, and I'm just like, no way. Yeah, I know. Well, what the, Thank you. Um, you know, one of the badass things that I think has really happened to you is, you know, you got a, a signature guitar from Gibson, the Explorer Bird, and... Um, yeah, it's a beautiful guitar. I mean, it it it's it's badass rock and roll, but you know the the top of it kind of has that little curved edge that gives it a little bit of that feminine side. It, it just so I guess my question is, does Gibson approach you, or how does this process begin? And once you guys decide you want to do it. How do you define what the guitar is going to look like? Well, you have to be very careful around uh, my Gibson family because um, the Explore Bird started, uh, the conversation started uh, right before lockdown. One of the last things we did was go to the NAM convention. Mm -hmm. Both Joey and I did, uh, you know, some, it, it was crazy. We did this um, electric guitar like duo act so we played all of our songs but like some of them i was playing the bass line but on the guitar it was it was really it was a lot of fun actually we had a we had a great time um but uh we all like after nam we all went out to dinner um with our gibson family and there were uh there were a couple glasses of wine involved <laughs> and you had just had to be careful because sometimes you're just like hey man you know it would be really cool <laughs> yeah. and then like you just kind of like blurt out all these things that like you would do with the explorer and then all of a sudden it was during lockdown that this guitar shows up at my house Wow! <laughs> and um I'm like what is this and it's like so hey we we made this based on that conversation like what That's do you think crazy. like should we run with this and it was just the most beautiful thing so we ended up going back and forth and tweaking a couple things and um you know figuring out the the pickups and the and the fretboard and all of that stuff and mm. and um and and how bright of a red that we want to make it <laughs> and um and then yeah it t it took a long time coming because of all the stops and starts but it's finally out there and um you know if if you had told my 16 year old self when I first started playing guitars that that would be happening um, on a more regular basis than I would have ever dreamed, um, I would have called you a liar. Right. So it's it's uh, it's it's really it's lovely. They're very sweet to me. Um, they actually just made me um, a one. It's a one of a kind. They uh, custom wound these pickups for me. So they're the Lizzie Hale pickups and they were done by Cody Higby right here in Nashville, wow. um, designed by him. And they designed me this. It is a rose gold sparkle explorer guitar with these oh, this abalone God. inlay and there's all these like beautiful um it's she's a she's a classy old broad you know it's yeah. like I, I i've affectionately named her victoria because i she's one of those ladies that's never had any kids but she's well traveled <laughs> wears lipstick well into her 70s you know that kind of thing <laughs> yes. um but they, they presented me with this beautiful guitar and it is the best sounding guitar i have right now and it's like and it's and it, there's only one and they made it for me so it's like again they are far 
too generous. (laughs) And I feel way too cool to be hanging around them (laughs) or or not too cool. I feel, I feel like I'm not as cool, you know, to getting all this stuff, you know, it gives me imposter syndrome sometimes, but it's a beautiful thing. Well, I think you're cool enough to get it for sure. Um, I did want to talk about a track on the on the album Back from the Dead called Strange Girl. Now, I did see in an interview that you said it was uh, inspired by a conversation you had with a young uh, 15-year-old girl who had just come out as gay before lockdown. So I, I thought it was a really intriguing story, and I'd, I'd love for you to share that story with the listeners today and how it led to, uh, you know, writing that song. Um, absolutely. Well, I mean, for that particular moment, this had been um, a young girl that was frequenting my uh, my Twitter feed, and and I started to notice her a lot a lot more often. And just basically, she um, she had nowhere to really turn to, so she gravitated toward our freak family and our community. and And I was just kind of eavesdropping for a long period of time, and then I started having these conversations with her, and I'm like, hey, you like, do you want to? talk about this and and she was very open about it with everybody because you know there were a lot of people that offered like hey we can direct message this if you don't want this to be public forever you know you're 15 you know it's like you know you really want this out there um and uh and she's like no i get to be myself here i'm like that's good but um yes so what basically happened was you know she came out as as gay right before lockdown and then was stuck in her house with both of her parents that were not having any of it and Mm. um there were a lot of things said that were just something that no matter what your child does you shouldn't say these things to to a young girl and um who is just trying to be her truest self so after this became kind of a part of my daily life every time that you know i was checking on my mentions on twitter it would come up i started writing things down and i and i took this idea into a writing session just basically we have to write something for this girl and i don't want it to be a ballad i don't want it to be sad i don't want it to i want it to be an anthem and the first draft started from my point of view where it was a lot of i am this and i do this and all of you know the <laughs> i have a tendency to go there first which is why we have i'm the fire and you know hello it's Miss I. um so but then you know, after looking through it, I had to redraft it for her and basically just kind of place myself in the hook. Basically, the world needs strange girls just like me so that it can kind of be both. And and what I wanted to convey to this young girl was that not only is this her anthem and, and she's doing the right thing, but I've been through it, too. And you know, you, I, I have your back, yeah. you know, we're both the same, you know, and if you need someone to like look toward, but, um, it was wonderful. Cause I, I kept it from her for a long period of time. I'm like, by the way, you know, by the way, there's a song for you on this album. Oh man. And then we released the, the artwork and everyone got to see like all the titles and she's trying to guess which one, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you yet. Um, you know, and then finally, when the album came out, I ended up just kind of posting the lyrics for her and just like, by the way, this one was the one. And so wow. it's uh, it's wonderful. I've seen her three times on tour since we've been back and um, she's just shining, um, like just just a, a, a very bright light out in the audience. And so it's wonderful. That's a great story. Power music. Yes, the power of music. Uh, on some of these select dates in uh, Europe, I see that Wolfgang Van- Mammoth, WVH, I should say, is doing a, a couple of dates with you. And, it, you know, if anyone uh, has any doubts about this guy's talent after seeing him perform at that Taylor Hawkins tribute, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. But 
Uh, you know, my question is, have you ever done any shows with him? Do you have a, any type of relationship with him? And and do you feel like he's just uh, getting unfair treatment simply because he's Eddie Van Halen's son? I mean, just the haters are just relentless for I, what I don't see any reason at all. I don't see any reason because not only can he play everything that his father could ever play um he is the most humble sweet loving giving man right and um, our relationship with wolfie started when we were making our uh second album um out in la he was living down there and we had mutual friends so we started hanging out and he would come over to our apartment and yeah. he would we would jam and and that was when i first realized his immense talent because uh you know we were all sitting around and i'm like hey man i have like an extra guitar in the in the back do you want to like play with us because we were just kind of going over new songs and, mm -hmm. and he's like oh really like I, I could i could do that i'm like yes please <laughs> you know it's like he doesn't realize that like literally you can do whatever you want um and uh so he's he was raised right but uh but so we've known each other for years um uh, he got to take us to 5150 wow. um dad wasn't home of course um because <laughs> they're like oh maybe we'll see him um but uh we got to see like just the studio and there were all these just old tapes from all those early you know early albums yeah. and some of the you know, some of the you know all of uh, the uh, you know, the tape and everything and so we were looking at the shelves and all of a sudden we're like oh there's jump you know it's like wow. fangirling aside um you know the you know wolfie is a very just n normal beautiful human who happens to play every instrument um and and do everything and he's got an amazing voice too yeah. which it was it's beautiful to hear this album and hear him actually sing his heart out and and write these beautiful songs um and then the last time that we saw him which was the first time in a long time um was we had a, a small headlining tour and we took out stp and then wolfie yeah. was out for a, couple, for a couple days on that as well and mm. so um and just his band is amazing they made us step it up because they would go on right before us and we we're just like um Okay, guys, we should just go in and like make sure that we practiced all the hard parts that we got going on with these new songs. We got to, you know, um, and we love that. We we love having people out that are going to inspire us. So I'm very, I'm looking very much forward to it. That and Alter Bridge as well. Yeah, I was just getting ready to say the first time I ever met Wolfie myself, he was playing with uh, Mark on his his solo tour. And again, same thing, humble guy, just down to earth, really sweet. So it's great to see how the family, you know, in so many different yeah. art incarnations, can still work out and glad to see they're with you on that and honestly man we need more people like that in rock music that play guitar like that that right. sing like that that write songs like that and and so um i don't know what everybody's all you know got their panties twisted about but stop, <laughs> stop give the boy some love support him come on it's good for everybody <laughs> yeah well it wouldn't be a perfect halloween show without playing something wicked which is your latest song wicked ways uh was this one written kind of at the beginning of uh, lockdown or where did this one kind of come you know as you guys were were writing new material from back from the dead this one came kind of smack dab in the middle we had already written um back from the dead and that kind of became like okay that was like the first one we're like okay this has to be the first thing this has to be the first song on the album you know that kind of it kind of you know helped create the template so we kind of went back and looked at some other ideas and um, the the wicked ways song um, was was there, there was a point in time before I wrote wicked ways where I was um, a little distraught in the way that I 
presented myself in the way that I um, just the duality of it all of like I hadn't been, you know, Lizzie Hale on stage for a long period of time. You know, I've I'm now stuck like with, you know, my former self, which is like, I don't know <laughs> if I need to see people and like, uh, you know, I don't know, just like a lot of a lot of who I am off stage uh, came out and kind of revisited my life during lockdown. And so Wicked Ways was my way of having those two sides kind of form a truce, yeah. <laughs> you know, and be like, we can live together. It's okay. It doesn't have to be one or the other and we can be, and um, you know, and, and it's also this, this, realization that myself personally as a human you know i i consider myself a fairly pleasant person i try to do the right thing i'm not evil but um i can definitely be mean when i want to and there there's been there have been a, a couple situations over the past two years where i've uh crossed the line a lot so um it was one of those where i'm like okay i'm not inherently an evil person but you know we can we can play with this we can work with this so we ended up writing wicked ways and and i just love it it goes over live well we did an amazing video um with dustin hayes and uh got to talk to a priest um for the, for the first wow. time a long time <laughs> confess my sins you know um but uh but yeah i i love i love the song and i'm so glad that we actually ended up putting it out as a single because it, it kind of was screaming for that sounds like a new t-shirt for the european tour don't with Lizzie, pretty much. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we're just a few days away from the 2023 Grammy nominees to be announced. I sure hope Hailstorm's name is on that list. Um, obviously, you've been a lot more involved with the Recording Academy in the past few years. You've won a Grammy. You've been nominated for them, um, presented them. So uh, do they start approaching bands or artists or whatever to be a, a part of the presentation on and off TV? Or what's kind of the process with that? And have you been contacted for, uh, for February of next year? They actually did contact me um, to be a part of certain projects and certain advisory um, boards, but that's for November and I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be uh, in here. Right. So I'm like, I'm sorry. I love doing this with you guys. <laughs> um, you never know though. It's I'm like, Hey, like I'm going to be back and we'll see what happens in February. But, um, but yeah, as far as I know, we've, uh, we've been submitted for literally everything that we qualify for. So Great. hopefully somebody sees something in, in our music, uh, the, the powers that be, and also everybody out there that is eligible um, to vote. And just, and honestly, and voting, I think started yeah, it just started. And um, as far as just open to, you know, everybody that's eligible and something that I feel like people need to talk more about is that if you have um, if you have been touched <laughs> by a um, something that has been promoted and recorded and out on the radio and and uh, and charted, um, even if you are the engineer, even if you are the guy that brings coffee, if you were mentioned on, you know, in the credits uh, of, 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 you know, of a band like you are eligible and you can write a letter and get your um, eligibility to in order to vote for your bands that you love um i think i need to do that because i i'm not a member of the academy but i've definitely been a part of some of the things you mentioned there for sure awesome man well i'll, I'll tell you what if you have any trouble i'll, I'll write you a glowing letter of recommendation <laughs> <laughs> well thank you very much i've actually done that before so i'm, I'm not i'm not joking <laughs> on average how many days you guys tour a year i mean are we talking 250 275 I mean, what are we talking here yeah we're talking the the upward closer to 300 these days um but 
but uh but yeah it's just we're just doing things all the time and and in and out in and out and uh, like i said we're gonna go out on this european tour which is for seven weeks and we're just like oh i'm gonna be a different person by the time i come back there but yeah we we tour we tour quite a bit for those who are actually going to watch this uh this video on youtube i mean looking at you i mean you've been touring hard as hell and you are you know getting a few days off but you don't look beat up. I mean, again, you know, going back to the good genes or whatever, to me, I would just be exhausted. You look just like you're glowing, you know, like, oh, yeah, no big deal. I've just been touring my ass off all year. <laughs> I mean, is there is there a secret to it? Or when you do come home, do you like to wind down and relax and just put that out of your mind? Or like you said, do you start thinking about it and become a hypochondriac and get scratchy throat and get sick? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you know, it's a little of both because I, I, I'm one of those people that have to kind of force myself to do nothing. Um, we, we call it the reentry process because you come out of touring life into normal life and there's like the first two days where you are absolutely exhausted and you're sleeping, you're trying to sleep in and do, do the thing and, and, uh, you know, keep the late night to a minimum. Um, but that's hard. I get, I get a little insomnia and then my brain starts clicking and then you get to like the third or fourth day and like okay let's just plan on doing nothing today right and that's scary because i'm like but i got all these things that i have to do mm -hmm. and so then you feel guilty about not doing those things but you also are like you should have a day right. <laughs> you know you have to almost give yourself a pep talk to do nothing yeah yeah <laughs> But it's fun. I think it helps that you love when you love what you do. You know, I yeah. it. I think that if I hated this, um, or if I was over it for some reason, um, I wouldn't be able to do it. You know, I wouldn't be able to do it physically. There's so much that happens mentally, and I talk about that with performance too, where it's like you can literally think yourself out of playing well or out of singing well. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're you have that kind of thing stuck in your mind or if you uh you know if you're having a bad day and you can't figure out a way to let that go um on stage you're, you're going to be having a bad time you know so it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of mental acrobatics but you know i'm trying to create a balance <laughs> and that's more as as you know i mean you're a busy man too that's more about what it is you know as, as as the life goes on and things get crazier you're like okay how much more can i juggle should i say no to that one ball up there because yeah. i don't know if i can juggle that one you know right so. right yeah and you know the mental aspect is uh going into the physical aspect of it as well i mean you're not just a singer who just goes up there and sings sweet little ballads i mean you got a very powerful vocals and you know doing this for so many years have you noticed as you've aged a little bit has your has your voice uh changed somewhat that you have to do different exercises to get ready for it or have you know i've heard some uh like daryl hall for example he's like the more i sing and the harder i sing it's almost like a muscle like my voice gets stronger is that your scenario or what's it what's it like for you as you've you know starting to age a little bit well the funniest thing was so i went through a bit of a uh like a uh, growing pain during my early 30s where I, I I noticed everything kind of starting to shift and so I had to kind of almost put myself kind of back into training again and see what see what's up and my voice is definitely different I, I don't sing the same way I did in my 20s um, or even my early 30s but but um, I, I just I just turned 39 the other day so I'm like okay here we go um, but the weirdest thing about the last couple years is and I took a lot of time uh, during COVID to, uh, you know, 
really just train myself and, and go back to my own basics. And now it's really weird because even the guys were like talking to me about it in the last tour. I actually, I warm up less mm. now than I did in my early 20s. And I feel like that's just because of experience. There, there might be a little bit of that where it's like I have been strength training in, in some weird way because I feel like if you're using a muscle and 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 your vocal folds and your air pressure correctly it can only improve if you're doing things that hurt you or your horse every night you know um that's you're doing it wrong <laughs> and you're gonna end up damaging yourself so right. luckily i've been doing um pretty well you know over the past you know decade or so <laughs> and so hopefully it just kind of continues to get better and but you know um at like with anything it's like i'm always looking to improve and and uh the stamina thing it has been great so far and uh you know gotta watch it if you get a little bit of a head cold or something but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so far so good uh, somebody asked me the other day if i ever worry about being able to sing the way I do when I'm in my 70s because I I just ended up seeing um, Ann Wilson uh, live uh, solo yeah. uh, for the first time last uh, couple months ago and she just sounded amazing she she did this uh, beautiful version of Forget Her by Jeff Buckley and just like just sang her ass off and I'm like see it's possible those are life goals and so I'm just like well if Ann Wilson can continue to do it and so can Joan Jett and Chrissy Hine as we all saw in the Taylor Hawkins you know um, situation if if all those ladies can do it then uh, I, there's no need for me to worry as long as I don't you know pick up some bad habits but I think <laughs> I think at 39 it's a little late to pick up <laughs> bad habits I well, I, I think you're going to do okay. And, you know, one other artist that, uh, you know, you didn't include, which I, I'm sure has been a huge influence is playing here um, Saturday night is Pat Benatar. You know, it is, it's, again, just their, their voices just never falter. I mean, it's it's just amazing that they love what they do. You can tell they love what they do. And I, I, I just think that's a great, as many uh, paths of you and doors you've opened for other uh, artists as well. I think what they've kind of done for you is is on the same track right there you got to be grateful oh absolutely and uh, you know i i've 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 gotten the opportunity to talk with pat benatar um we've never met but i've you know i've i've talked to ann wilson and i've talked to joan jett and and lita ford and and um you know i always make sure to say the same thing to each one of them if i meet them for the first time is just thank you for not giving up yeah. and thank you for continuing to play and, and work hard so that you're able to play because if that had been your you know your story like oh you know things got too hard she got too you know too tired or whatever it's like and not knocking anybody that wants to you know pack it in because there's going to be a point in time <laughs> i'm sure in everybody's <laughs> life where it's like you know what this is too much yeah. i've done my part but if that had been their story then that would be mine so i try not to worry about those things <laughs> that's awesome well let's close out the show today i know we've talked about a couple of tracks off of Back from the Dead. Is there one more that uh, you really love doing live, or maybe it's just one that's on the record you're not doing live, but still is, is a standout track to you at this present moment? I know it always changes, but how about right now in, for Halloween weekend? For Halloween weekend, um, one of uh, the the most fun songs to play live off of this album is, is Psycho Crazy. Nice. And um, it's just, it's so great, especially considering that everybody knows the words now and <laughs> And there's really, you can actually milk some of those stops and starts. And, um, you know, you get to see me, um, you know, go, go a little psycho for a second, literally <laughs> in the song. I had to put it somewhere. You know, we didn't have shows at the time. So you got to lay it out on a track and kind of did that on this one. <laughs> you can't hide the psycho, right? Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you 
so much. And, and again, 2016, I know you played San Antonio and you've played Corpus, but you know, all of us here in Austin, just like I told Brent, I was like, man, it's like, it's so good to see Shinedown play in Austin again. And, and I cannot wait to get Hailstorm back uh, in 2023 when you guys uh, hopefully start routing your tours again to make a stop in Austin for sure. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> we're just going to keep going. We're like booked through <laughs> next year. We're just like, all right, it's it's happening. It, it's never going to stop. You're going to be sick of us, actually. Before. Well, at <laughs> least we know you'll have a bus secured, so yeah, <laughs> you'll be able to get here. <laughs> Anything, we'll just park outside the venue in the bus. Oh, I have a question for you regarding Halloween, actually, um, okay. that I forgot to ask you. So do you have a favorite Halloween costume from when you were a kid? You know, I kind of always, I was just, I loved Dracula, like the original Dracula, Universal Studios, and just from that character to this day, I still, you know, if I pull out some Halloween movies, I mean, I like to see the real, you know, gore, but there's something about what you didn't see on the screen back in the 30s when they were doing Frankenstein and Dracula and all that, so I've, I've always had a... Uh, a leaning towards the uh, the vampires and you know like even that. even the Batmans to this day. I, I guess I got something for the bat, you know. Yeah, no, I I, I love it. Um, I I can see a, a return of Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> gonna gonna have to gonna have to do an episode like that, just kind of like full garb. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's what I should do. So, well, great seeing you today and uh, relax and enjoy your uh, your time there uh, in in Europe. And uh, like I said, hope to see you back here in the states, twenty twenty three. And, and maybe we'll see you on Zoom before then, but uh, have a great rest of your year and uh, say hello to everyone in the band for me. I will. Thank you for taking the time for me, darling. Love you madly.